Hello, this is Leslie, and I am the host of the Why Not Today podcast. This is a podcast to celebrate people who have been courageous and said, why not today? I started this podcast in honor of my father, Patrick Kane, who often did say, why not today? I'm based in Reston, Virginia, planned community right outside of Washington, Washington, D.C., and thanks for joining us today. And this is our anniversary issue. It's hard to believe it's been a year since I started this. We've had a recording uh, episode every two weeks since. And so I thought, since it's our anniversary, how appropriate would it be to include one of my siblings? So I have my brother, my youngest brother, Chris, joining me today. So I'm excited to hear um, his or have him share courageous stories. Maybe we'll throw in some courageous stories of my, my dad. But um, I always talk about where we met and where we connected. And <laughs> it's kind of easy with Chris because um, he's five years younger than me. But I do, it's funny, I do remember, Chris, that the day that they brought you home from the hospital, they picked me up from Lank and you were there. I'm like, oh, another one? You were number four. So another one. Another one. <laughs> and there was two more. <laughs> I know. I had to share my uh, reign with everybody. But I'm excited to have you on and just have a conversation about courage. So Chris, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us where you live and what you do and a fun fact about you that nobody might know. Hopefully I know it. But <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. So okay. I'm I'm Leslie's brother. So that's who I am. Um, born and raised in Reston and then Sterling. So I didn't go very far until about a year and a half ago. Uh, so I now live in Denver, Colorado. Um, been wanting to get out here for a long time. So we finally did it. Uh, what do I do? I uh, am in technology sales. I've been in cybersecurity sales for the last five years, uh, working for a company that's headquartered in California. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm your brother and you know a lot about me. So, a fun fact. you know, a fun fact. All right. So, um, I was married in an Elvis wedding chapel in Las Vegas on Remix. Elvis's birthday. It was your, your, uh, renewing of your vows, not your initial marriage. Correct. Yeah. Same woman. Good. <laughs> and we love not the unmarried, then remarried, just married and did it for fun. And who Which, she shares the same birthday as Elvis. So it was her birthday and Elvis's birthday. And we renewed our vows in Vegas and it was quite comical. That is pretty funny. And of all my siblings, I would probably think you were the least likely to do something like that. I would agree with you. <laughs> Which I would agree with you. So, okay. so well, I know you've listened to several of my podcasts and give me some um advice on it, which I definitely appreciate. So let's start with what does courage mean to you? So I actually had to look it up in the dictionary to no see good. what what, what courage <laughs> what means. What does the dictionary say? So according to Merriam-Webster, courage is mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Wow. Yeah. So that's like, that sounds like big and scary. It does. Um, so what does it mean to you? So I, I, you know, it's funny. You asked me about doing this, and I was thinking about, all right, how do I answer this question? And I think it is being willing to push yourself, get out of your comfort zone a little bit, maybe, um, but also just being willing to to do whatever you think is that thing. So, for example. I've always wanted to move out west towards the mountains, um, and uh, Deirdre and I got close twice. It didn't happen, and life circumstances presented itself, and 
a year and a half, actually two years ago about this time. And it worked out and we were like, screw it, let's go. So, you know, I don't, I don't think of courage as this like, you know, big lofty thing. And I fought a bear or something crazy like that, or I jumped off a cliff. Um, but I, I think it's more practical, right? It's like being, you know, just being willing to do it and, and listening to some of your episodes before it's like people made career choices or other life choices. And, you know, to me, I think it's kind of, if you keep it at a simple or more basic level of, is there something you wanted to do that was, you know, kind of stretching you? And then are, were you willing to do it and put in the effort and follow through? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in all the episodes I've had, we've had people doing big courageous things and little courageous things and everything in between. And sometimes it was just step-by-step -step courage, you know, just taking the next step. I talked to somebody the other day, she goes, I haven't done anything courageous. I'm like, yeah, you have. I mean, we all have. It's just, you know, what are you, it's not always jumping off a building or, um, you know, jumping out of an airplane kind of courage. It's those little things and doing the things that make you happy. Um, you know, Colorado was a big move for our family just because we've always been local. I remember when you moved from Reston to Sterling. Oh my gosh. I was thinking about that actually. That was like, that was like, I think that was a bigger move. And by the way, people listening, Sterling from Reston is maybe five miles, eight, maybe miles, six, maybe six. And remember you moving there and it's like, oh, we got to get shots and a passport and pack, pack our bags. And now, ironically, everybody else is out of rest. And I'm the only one that's still there. Um, so, yeah, courage is all kinds of things. And definitely took courage to move your family out there and to start a new life. And but I know that's always been on your radar. Just finally, the, it was the right time. Everybody yes, it was. Mind. By the way, I have jumped out of an airplane. I know you have. I don't yeah. want to do it again, though. It wasn't that much fun. Somebody asked me the other day, she's turning 50 and she wanted to do it. And she wanted me to, she said something to me about doing that. I'm like, enjoy. That is not on my bucket list. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I remember when you did that and it was nobody knew until after the fact. So luckily you were okay. <laughs> well, it's good. Yes. So I know you've done other courageous things in your life. And I know we talked about one a minute ago, which was big courage of lots of training and lots of commitments. You want to talk about Ironman? Yep. So, um, for the longest time I had, actually, I, I saw the Ironman on TV, like when we were kids, I guess, when they first started doing it, it was like on ABC wide world of sports, like even before ESPN and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I saw it and I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. <clears throat> and then, you know, started doing triathlons and, you know, uh, our friends, the Conrads got me into that. So, you know, doing that, but I always had, you know, doing Ironman on, on my, on my list. And for those who, who are listening that don't know what Ironman is, yeah, it's a triathlon. <laughs> so it's a triathlon, it's a swim, bike and a run, but the Ironman distance, um, it is a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride and then a full marathon 26.2 miles so it's 140.6 miles in one day wow so anyways it was on the list um you know i honestly part of getting to the point of doing it was um one of my neighbors he did triathlons we started training together he wanted to do it so it was one of those uh he encouraged me or nudged me i nudged him and we both said screw it let's do it <clears throat> um so, um, it, it, 
it's something that is doable for a lot of people. It just takes a lot of work and a lot of commitment, a lot of early mornings, a lot of, you know, lunchtime workouts. So it's a lot to, to do, but you can do it if you put your mind to it. So um, I've done it twice. Um, I thought I wanted to do three in my 40s, two in my 50s, and one in my 60s. Yeah, what happened um, with that one? Is that still on the radar or is that? No, shifted? so after two, I decided just was, I don't know. I lost it, uh, enough interest where, or my interest shift where I didn't, didn't want to commit that kind of time. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's just a lot of work, um, you know, back to the whole, what does courage mean and all that? It's like, okay, that to me, that's not like jumping out of a plane building, fighting a bear kind of courage. It's, I think looking at the definition of Merriam-Webster, right? Are you, can you persevere through something that's challenging or difficult? So, you know, training's hard, right? And there's definitely days it was like, okay, I do not want to meet my training partner at the corner at six o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. on a Saturday, go for a six hour bike ride and then come home and coach my kids lacrosse game. Yeah. Um, so, but it was cool. I mean, it's super exciting. Um, it's hard. Um, you know, the first time I did it, I was extremely nervous and paranoid about screwing up about getting hurt i mean you know there's danger involved right you start to swim with two thousand people that just start swimming at once so that's kind of sketchy um but i was more nervous about like okay can i do it you know did i eat enough did i drink enough and you know all the hydration stuff uh, so fortunately the first time was um it wasn't easy by any means, but it, it worked out probably as well as I could have hoped, right? I had a time goal. You know, I felt pretty good throughout. Um, I didn't feel awful afterwards. Um, so, and when you finished, it's like, it's super cool. If anyone who's seen, seen it on TV, um, you know, there's the announcer, this MC who's, he probably doesn't do it anymore, but, um, really famous statement of Leslie Kane, you are an iron man as you cross the finish line. So it's super cool. Yeah. Um, so it was super exciting and, and fun and hard and all that. And I think the interesting part was the second time I did it. So my training partner got injured. So I ended up doing it by myself, which a lot of training by myself, which was super hard. Yeah. Uh, but when I was um, during, during the race, I was feeling good on the swim, felt really good on the bike. And I ran out of gas on the run uh, about mile 11 or 12, oh, wow. which meant I had about 14 more to go. <laughs> and I literally would walk a couple hundred yards and then maybe run a hundred yards and then walk a couple hundred yards and then maybe run. And I, <clears throat> I was not feeling good. I totally out of gas, um, you know, thought to myself, okay, what am I doing this stupid thing for? I'm going to quit. Like, <laughs> and that takes and, courage to keep going. Yeah. Well, I, I had a lot of mental, mental, uh, arguments over yeah, this 14 this, miles. <laughs> that's a long way to go. And it's like, it okay, holy crap. How am I going to get this done? So, um, it, it was hard, uh, for sure. Um, you know, interestingly enough, what, what helped, I don't want to say it saved me, but definitely helped me was, um, on the race course, uh, they serve all kinds of stuff, you know, power bars, cliff bars, all, all kinds of bars, drinks and stuff. One of the things that they serve is warm chicken broth. Mm. 
So the first time I did it, I'm thinking, why are they handing out chicken broth? I don't get it. Well, I found out the second time I did it because, you know, after a while of sucking down goo and Gatorade and energy bars, you're just, your body doesn't want that junk anymore. Um, so uh, I tried some chicken broth once I could kind of choke it down. And really what it does, it, it's got sodium. So it really helped replenish. Um, so it was pretty amazing. Um, anyways, I didn't either. Uh, so I got to the point where I could walk a little further, then run a little further, then run a little further. So long story short, um, the second time took almost an hour and a half longer than the first time because the last 14 miles or so I was, I was really struggling and uh, it was tough. I mean, honestly, by the time I finished and crossed the finish line, I probably should have went into the medical tent and got an IV. And so it was, it was pretty hard, but you know, while I was out there and I, I'd done all the training, I mean, the one thing I wanted to do was not, not finish. So it, it was, you know, it was definitely taxing, uh, physically cause I completely ran out of gas, but you know, anytime I think you get into, um, particularly sort of an endurance event like that. And it's more mental than it is physical at some point. So oh, absolutely. Anyways. yeah. So lots of things you said about that is great. Just, you know, the, just even saying you're going to do it and putting out there and then people are kind of watching and like asking, are you doing it? Are you not? And probably some people are expecting you to maybe back out like, okay, that's pretty big. And then I don't remember your second one as much as I do remember a lot about your first one. First, I remember you did the ring Corps marathon. And we mm -hmm. went and watched that and just watching that, like, I am not a runner. And I watched that. I'm like, wow, maybe I could do that. I mean, just the excitement and the cheering people on and the adrenaline and the spirit of that was like, okay, maybe I could do that. Never did. And I have no desire, but, but then I remember you training for your first Ironman. I remember us being at the beach. Oh and yeah. I was going to take the kids to get donuts or something. And we passed you and it's pouring down rain and you're running and running and running and I'm like oh my gosh on vacation he's getting up with the crack it on and still running um and it was a, I remember a lot of training and a lot of commitment and you know raising you had kids that were pretty young at that point that was a lot of commitment to have to do that and the getting up early and I think it takes the courage to get out of bed and just put your shoes on and get out the door and well finish. you get you get to a, well I got to a point where I just would my alarm would go off and I would stand up and start moving before I realized what was happening. Yes. I know somebody who talks about, you know, getting up and getting motivated in the morning. She says, hashtag, just go pee, just get up and start the movement. And then you just go to the next step and the next step. Um, but then I remember when you did, um, when you did the Ironman and we were tracking it and watching it on our phones where you were. And I remember it was nerve wracking to watch and just scary to make worried that you were going to be okay. I know mom was a mess when you finished. She was, I think, started crying because she was like so happy that you were okay, you well, know, because that is a lot. Um, and it, you, you yeah. said the mental, I think the courage thing, it's the mental, it's jumping out of the plane. It's like getting the courage to jump and how often you hear they just push you because you're ready that far. Yep. Yeah. So. No, I mean, it, it was definitely cool. Um, super hard. Um, as I said, I had aspirations to do more, but I'm on to other things. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> Maybe a 207-mile bike ride is next on the radar. Oh, wow. So I'm really surprised your super competitive brother didn't do it with you. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you ask. You'll let you ask him about that. <laughs> okay. If I get him on here. Um, so other things you can think of you've done courageous or in life seem courageous? Um, I mean, sure. You know, I mean, I think there's lots of little things, no, nothing that stands out. I mean, as I said earlier, to me, I think people get locked in this idea of, you know, courage. What does that really mean? But I, I guess as I've been thinking about this and doing this, the podcast with you, just to me, it's a much more simple, basic thing of, are you willing, as I said earlier, to either, you know, push yourself out of your comfort zone or just push yourself and then commit to, to achieving whatever you're pushing towards. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's elements of my life that I think are very deliberate and maybe more conservative. And then there's elements where it's like, okay, yeah, I'll try an iron man or I'll try this or I'll do that. So, yeah, it's definitely, I think the little steps. And I think that's what I hope this podcast has given people is encouragement. Like somebody listening might think there's no way I can do an Ironman, but they might do a 5k. Um, mm-hmm. I was involved with the women's um, training program um, a couple of years ago and they did an all women's 5k. And there was a woman that, so, so it was all women doing it. And I was kind of helping out. And so every, there were people all on the, the route, cheering people on with signs. And there was a woman that, I mean, they start, she walked the whole thing. I think she had super bad knees, um, could barely walk. And yet she did this 5k. And I remember her coming across the finish line last and everybody cheered for, um, you know, just the fact that she could walk that far. Um, so it doesn't have to be big. It can be the little things. And I think what this podcast has done in the last year and the people I interviewed, it's given people permission to say me too, that in all different areas, you know, whatever that thing might be, whether it's the thing that somebody talked about or just in general to give someone courage to do those little teeny things that we need to do. Um, yeah, well, I mean, people like, used to say to me, just as you you kind of identified, like, oh, I can never do that around the Ironman stuff. Well, I didn't start running 26 miles out of the gate. No. You know, you, you got to start. I put your I mean, shoes on first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's an element of crawl, walk, run to it all. And, you know, if you were actually to look at the training plan, it's it's this stair-step approach where you train and then you push and then you train and then you push a little further and you train and push a little further to where then when it comes time to do it, if you put in the work, I mean, I think my training program was 26 weeks long. That's a long um, time. And I, you know, I was exercising and doing stuff before that, but it was really a disciplined and focused training program for that period of time. But when it came time to do the race, I did the work and my, my brain and my body were ready enough. Yeah. Major accomplishment. So the other thing I was just thinking of a fun thing that you did courageous, which I don't think I'd have the courage to do is when, um, did you jump out of a helicopter to go skiing? Wait, no, I didn't jump. I mean, they landed. (laughs) No, That, that's in the movies no I, <laughs> okay. I, I've, I've done helicopter skiing but they land it and you step out oh, okay well, i envision but you still skied a pretty not a uh a manicured perfect slope that's everybody else is on right no uh, we were out in the wilderness which was fun yeah. super yeah. fun i'd like to do it again okay. can i borrow some money sure 
Maybe from the podcast, your, your your why not today merchandise sales. You can fund you can fund Chris's helicopter skiing trip. Okay. And I'll watch. I'm not going to join you on that one either. I'll, I'll get video. <laughs> okay. I'll do other things. So, you know, this is the anniversary ep- episode of the podcast. And it's ironically 10 years since dad passed away, which is really hard to believe. It's been that long. And so he was a pretty out loud, courageous, nothing's impossible kind of guy. I don't think, you know, he was always problem solving what we could do. So anything you can think of, share courage. I know I actually pulled out, I mentioned this, but I forgot to grab it is the um, eulogy that you guys wrote about, you know, he had a plan A, B, and C, and sometime it had to go to D or E. So lessons learned from dad. Yeah. So I think interesting, and this gets into kind of probably some, some deeper family kind of dynamics, but being the fourth and being sort of, uh, you know, not forgotten, but just, you know, as you get down to like, okay, he's still here. Good. Okay, good. He's still, he's still <laughs> somebody around, else but... was talking about that the other night that they're number three and they're, oh, it was actually Grace's husband, Braden. He was the third child and it was hard to find pictures of him. Like, yeah, Chris can relate to that one. Yeah, I've had I've had mom say, "Oh, here's a picture of you," and she showed that to Deirdre, and Deirdre's like, "No, that's Brian." Anyways, <laughs> and Grace um, and I so, were the first. We counted how many pictures were at Grandma's house between the two of us. <laughs> those of us who are thirds and fours have a different perspective than those who are ones. Yes, which is interesting that we all have different perspectives growing up in the same house. Yeah. So you know, I I think with Dad, you know, his your your comment about him always kind of you know, being willing to do stuff and try stuff. I mean, I think one of the things that I appreciated about to some of his perspectives, but also I found frustrating at times was he had this perpetual element of buck the system, at least from my perspective. Rules which, were for other people. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, I mean, I I, I can appreciate parts of that. Um, but for me personally, you know, a lot of things that I've done in my life have been much more deliberate and I don't have an issue um, conforming at certain points. Um, but, you know, one I, you know, kind of thinking back and I don't know if this is courage, but certainly feel like he encouraged all of us to explore, but also enjoy what we were doing and make decisions around that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I mean, it could be over in an instant, you know, think about him, right? I mean, he had that accident when he was in high school, you know, I think about me and my jet ski accident. I, I, right. I could not be here right now. Yeah. Um, you know, so there, there's an element of, of it could all be over and not sell everything and run to the Hills and live, you know, live like today's your last day. But, you know, I think one of the things that I took from him was sort of that enjoyment piece. And, you know, he used to always say, um, especially towards the end, like, oh, I woke up on the right side of the grass, right? right? You know, and then I think about actually the day he died, we were at, at our ski house in West Virginia and Brian was like, we got to go home. And it's dumping snow. It's yeah. one o'clock in the morning. And I was like, no, we're not going anywhere. So we wake up the next day and there's a foot of fresh snow on the ground. And Brian and I look at each other and say, well, dad would have wanted us to ski before we went home. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I take Didn't that. Did you hike to the top of that mountain that night though? 
we, yeah, we did it that night. Yeah. And then we <laughs> the next day. Okay. Um, of course he would have. So, but I mean, that to me, that's sort of what one of the primary things that I kind of think back on and, and take from him was, again, not this, you know, life's a party and perpetual enjoyment, but, but doing right. things, you know, I, I guess you could probably couch it in that, you know, do you work to live or live to work? Yeah. Right. And, you know, I'm, I kind of joke, you know, with, with friends and like, oh, you got to work. I'm like, yeah, but those work pays for the fun I'm doing. Exactly. So I don't know. I, that's the kind of stuff I would take or I think about. Um, and, you know, again, when you ask me to do this, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know all of us have different perspectives on that. I mean, I, you know, just looking at you, right. You quit your corporate job and went and started selling makeup full time. It's like, oh, holy crap. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. you know good good which for you 23 but, years ago just crazy yeah, which is crazy but that you know that's just another you know just a, another way to sort of adapt maybe that outlook you know and um yeah i don't know i mean i i would say that kind of stuff i mean i think you know his, his stuff of you know being mr community was great um but also i just kind of looked at him he was just our dad yeah exactly you know and and all those things that he taught us, you know, big and little, and so I don't know, but I, yeah, I would say that that kind of stuff of just enjoying the ride. Yeah, and so people listening may not know this story, but he had, and so the logo is an eye patch and a handlebar mustache because the night he graduated from high school, he got in a major car accident, was thrown, I think it was three hundred feet out of the windshield, and they didn't think he was going to live. And so he always had an eye patch. And then he was in another serious accident before him and mom got married. And it was he was scalped. And I remember mom has a scar on her cheek. And I remember you said at one point, I thought all moms had that. <laughs> I, I thought it was makeup. Yeah. Um, but I remember being in high school and I wrecked his precious car. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's going to kill me. Like I was scared to tell him he was out of town. And he came home with flowers or he first told mom said just tell Leslie I'm glad she's alive and that's what matters and he brought me flowers which was a good lesson that I've never forgotten it's like okay a car is a thing but a life is so much more important you can replace a car um but then the thing we were talking about last night which we were with um Brian and Kelly Kelly's our sister-in-law and we were talking about our cross-country trip we took which looking back was pretty amazing that they did that and Kelly couldn't believe we possibly did that we're not going to tell all the stories on that one. But when I was 16 and you were 12? 11. Uh, yeah, 11 and a half. 11. So our parents bought a 25-foot camper. And I don't know where they came up with this idea, but to drive cross country. And our, not even our youngest sister, because Amanda wasn't even born, but Catherine was five weeks old when we left. And we drove cross country and we were gone for five weeks. And as a 16-year-old with a brand new driver's license, the last thing I really wanted to do was be with my family. But it was a pretty cool experience in the fact that dad worked and we were able to travel and see all these things and do all these things. I do have a memory of when we were at the Redwoods and they were up, they're like, look at this beautiful thing. And we're like teenagers, like, we want to go back to sleep. <laughs> you were, I was excited about it. Oh, you were? Okay, I wasn't. See, totally different viewpoint. <laughs> but that well, was definitely I- an adventure. I think the courage part there for dad was he let Brian and I learn how to drive a 25 foot motorhome on that trip. <laughs> People can't believe that story. And you were 11 and Brian was 12. Yes. Yeah. That's a little crazy. It was on straight highways and 
they switched drivers, but I drove probably a third of the trip and I was 16 years old, which I think mom drove for 15 minutes. Wow. That, was enough for yeah. her. that was kind of crazy, but all right. So we could chat all day, but we don't want to have four people with all our family history. So how, how, or what would you say to encourage somebody to be courageous? To be what? Be great. Courageous. Oh, courageous. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I think just, you know, if there's something you want to do, you know, identify, you know, how do you get from point A to point B and commit yourself to do it? I mean, it's, I think back to my, our, our previous comments of, I think, I think people put barriers up like, oh, that's just too big or too hard. Right. And they don't do it yeah. versus it's just the thing, whatever the thing is. And this is how you achieve stated goal of thing and just put your mind to it, which again, back to, back to the Ironman example, right? I didn't start running 26 miles or riding my bike a hundred miles. It took me a while to get there. Right. You had to so, break it down. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, just if there's something that you want to do, just be willing to, to do it, but kind of break it down at a practical level, like, right. and, and don't, don't immediately dismiss it because it seems hard or too lofty. Yeah, totally agree. Just take that one step. Yeah, that one step. Your friend, your friend's example of you just got to get out of bed first. Okay, well, yep. that, there you go. Yep, exactly. Well, this has been fun and I thank you for um, joining me and it's been extra special to have this as an anniversary episode. Um, I did pull up the analytics the other day and when I looked earlier in the week, it was 1,575 people had, had downloaded the episodes and it was in 26 different countries people had listened to, which was kind of cool. Like who would have right. this one, this one's going to tip the scales. I can feel okay. it. Okay. All right. It will. So, um, well, thanks for joining me. And if you want to follow the why not today podcast, we're on Apple, iTunes, Google, there's a website now, which is just why not today podcast. Um, we do have some merchandise, which I guess the sales are going to, um, work to fund Christopher going, um, helicopter skiing. <laughs> I've got cups and, and t-shirts and vinyls. And I even have a, um, a jacket now, which is kind of fun. So, well, thank you again. And if you want to rate the podcast, review it, I would really appreciate it. And thanks, Chris, for joining us. Thanks for fun. having me. All right. Bye.